Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Tuesday, January 16th. Today we're looking at Singapore's Locofy launching its one-click design-to-code tool and Fisker's electric ocean SUV coming under investigation over breaking loss complaints. Plus, LG opens its first US EV charging factory in Texas and FedEx announces its own commerce platform for merchants. This coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. Singapore-based front-end development platform Locofy has launched a new tool called Lightning. This tool aims to streamline the development process by instantly converting Figma and Adobe XD prototypes into code. Celeste, can you tell us more about this? Certainly, James. Locofy's Lightning is built on top of the startup's large design models, or LDMs. The tool works as a Figma plugin and according to Locofy's founders, automates close to 80% of front-end development. This could be a game changer for lean startups, allowing them to focus more on running their businesses and going to market. That's quite impressive. So how exactly does this tool work? Well, Lightning's process involves several steps, including tagging, layer grouping, responsiveness components, and class names. Each step uses a combination of AI-based techniques, which are then fine-tuned with heuristics. These steps are then condensed into just one step, making Lightning a one-click tool. Once the front-end code is generated, users can review it along with an interactive preview and fine-tune the code before it is exported. That's a lot of automation. How has Locofy managed to achieve this level of sophistication? Locofy's founders, Hani Matal and Sohaib Mohammed, have invested over $1 million into developing Lightning. They've used a combination of techniques like image-based neural networks, multimodal transformers, graph-based neural networks, sequence-to-sequence -sequence models, stack pointer networks, heuristic models, and LLMs to build a unified large design model. This model, with close to half a billion parameters from millions of designs, is the backbone of the tool. That's quite a hefty investment. What's next for Locofy? Locofy plans to expand its platform beyond design-to-code by including tools that build design systems, use public UI libraries, build backends to the front-ends with integrations such as GitHub Copilot and CI-CD. It also plans to include an AI assistant for designers and hosting and deployments to host full apps. They're looking to monetize in 2024 Koga with prices based on the number of screens or components that get converted to code and are maintained on a regular basis with AI. It sounds like Locofy is set to revolutionize the front-end development process, and it will be intriguing to see how this impacts the industry as a whole. But now let's shift our focus to federal safety regulators who have opened an investigation into Fisker's first electric vehicle, the Ocean SUV, over potential braking problems. Celeste, could you give us some context about this? Certainly, James. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's Office of Defects Investigation is focusing on nine complaints about a loss of braking performance in the Ocean SUV, including one incident involving a crash and an unspecified injury. This comes as Fisker grapples with lower-than-expected demand and a failure to meet internal sales goals. What kind of impact could this have on Fisker, especially considering the current challenges they're facing? Well, James, it's certainly not good news for the company. Fisker delivered about 4,700 SUVs worldwide in 2023, and since hitting the roads, owners have lodged 19 complaints with NHTSA on various issues. The braking problem is just one of them. 
The company went public in 2020 via a merger with a special purpose acquisition company and began shipping the first Ocean SUVs in June, about six months after their manufacturing partner, Magna Steyr, began building the vehicles. Can you tell us more about the specific complaints that have been lodged? The complaints range from brake loss and problems with the gear shifter to a driver door failing to open from the interior and two instances of the vehicle's hood suddenly flying up on the highway. The braking complaints reference a partial loss of braking over low traction surfaces without alerting the driver, which results in a sudden increase in stopping distance. The complaints also reference problems with the ocean's regenerative braking. That sounds concerning. What's the next step in this investigation? The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has classified the Fisker probe as a preliminary evaluation. The agency aims to complete defect petitions in four months, preliminary evaluations and recall queries in eight months, and engineering analysis probes in 18 months. So we can expect more information about this issue in the coming months. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on this. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. And in other news, LG Electronics has opened its first electric vehicle charger facility outside of South Korea, right here in Fort Worth, Texas, as part of their strategy to capture a share of North America's competitive EV charging market. Celeste, can you tell us more about this new facility? Certainly, James. The new EV charging station factory spans over 59,000 square feet and has the capacity to produce more than 10,000 chargers per year. LG has already started manufacturing 11-kilowatt EV chargers in Texas and plans to assemble chargers with a capacity of 175 kilowatts in the first half of this year and 350 kilowatts later this year. This is quite a significant move for LG. What's driving this expansion? This move aligns with LG CEO William Cho's commitment to electrification as a primary driver for mid- and long-term growth. The company has set a goal of $79 billion in sales by 2030, up from $51.4 billion in 2022. With the decline of its mobile phone business, LG has been exploring new opportunities in areas such as EV charging and digital healthcare. Interesting. And why Texas? Why not somewhere else? LG chose Texas for strategic reasons. The state offers the benefits of utilizing existing facilities along with logistics and transportation networks. Moreover, the U.S. had more than 165,000 public EV charging ports as of December 2023, and President Biden aims to build at least 500,000 public chargers by 2030. So the U.S. market presents a significant opportunity for LG. But there are challenges too, right? The EV charging market has its own set of issues. Absolutely, James. The market growth of charging networks has been constrained by a classic chicken-and-egg scenario. The lower purchasing rates of electric vehicles has been due in part to buyers being concerned about a lack of charging points. But charging points are slow to be rolled out because demand is not high enough. Furthermore, many of the existing charging points either don't work or are not compatible with certain car systems. Despite these challenges, LG seems confident in its move, bolstered by government support for EV infrastructure. It's certainly a bold move by LG and it will be interesting to see how this plays out in the coming years. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. In a similar vein of bold moves, FedEx has announced its own commerce platform, FDX, which is set to compete against Amazon by offering merchant services such as demand generation, fulfillment, tracking, and post-purchase experiences, including returns. Celeste, what do you make of this move by FedEx? Well, James, this is indeed a significant move by FedEx. 
The company has been a major player in the logistics industry for years, and this new platform seems to be a strategic attempt to leverage their expertise and infrastructure to provide a more comprehensive service to merchants. While the platform is currently in private preview, a wider launch is planned for fall 2024. Businesses can register their interest in trying it out. So how exactly will this platform compete with existing platforms like Amazon? The company hasn't provided many details yet, but they did mention that merchants could use FedEx's services such as ShopRunner, an e-commerce platform it acquired in 2020 to reach customers, show estimated delivery time on websites, handle carts, track packages, record the carbon emission impact of deliveries, and manage returns. It's important to note that FedEx clarified that it is not entering into a marketplace business to serve consumers. They're focusing on helping businesses build the best possible experience from demand to post-purchase. Interesting. So they're not directly competing with Amazon's marketplace, but rather its logistics services. Exactly, James. Amazon has been offering Fulfilled by Amazon FBA for years now, allowing merchants to use the company's shipping and logistics infrastructure. But FedEx seems to be positioning itself as a more comprehensive solution for businesses, providing digital capabilities and insights to help them own the experience with their consumers. It's worth noting that Amazon has been outpacing rivals FedEx and UPS in terms of package deliveries in the U.S. Could this be a response from FedEx to regain some ground? It's certainly possible, James. FedEx ended both Air Express and ground delivery contracts with Amazon in 2019, stating that Amazon represented only 1.3% of revenue for the 12-month period that ended in December 2018. By launching FDX, FedEx could be trying to diversify its revenue streams and compete more directly with Amazon's logistics services. It will be interesting to see how this plays out and whether FedEx's new platform will be able to make a significant impact in the e-commerce logistics space. Thanks for your insight, Celeste. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today on Current Radio. Looking forward to bringing you more updates tomorrow.